This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Croissant, hello and welcome to Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you by Red 10 People Development. The week started in Blackburn, then a ram raid for Bolton. Next up is Salford, final destination, promotion. Naif, it's been a busy old week. We're recording on deadline day. That means that this will definitely age badly. All we know is that Marriott's through the door. Bolton is here as well. There could be number three by the time you're listening to this as well. How has it been? It's been, for me anyway, a busy old day. Yeah, my phone has been very busy. Um, been trying to get updates, lots of DMs, lots of texts and everything. Um, as it always that's is. That's just your dating life, isn't it? <laughs> that's, just, that's just the many women that want to get the want a piece of that pod, that sweet, sweet podcast money. Um, no, it's, it's good fun. I mean, this is what it's all about, Deadline Day. You want your team to be active and you want deals, but it's tough. And you know, as, I, as well as I do, Rich, you put out a bit of news that the pursuit is on and then it doesn't happen and everyone says, oh, you were wrong in the first place things change very very quickly and so I've got one eye on my phone right now um it's tough and it's tough for players because Jake Bickerstaff for example who's gone off onto Accrington you know he didn't even get down to Accrington today I think it was conversations over the phone with the manager and sort of club ad, club admin staff it was noticeable that there was no picture of Jake Bickerstaff in an Accrington shirt because he hadn't been there so you know things move very very quickly Bryce Susanna another to get bought out or paid up his contract you know, mutual or whatever it was, mutual termination, wasn't it? Um, it's, it's busy all day, Rich, is a long-winded answer to say that. Yeah, and um, we can get into that and, and transfers maybe for the bulk of the podcast, but maybe we'll park that for, for a little while now because we'll get into, I guess the elephant in the room is that there has been a game this week that we watched. We alluded to it in the intro there. It was Blackburn on Monday night, a game that even as the week has gone on, I'm still humming and hawing about how I feel about it because, you know, for the first time on on Wednesday, I actually watched the highlights back. I hadn't watched them since then. And, you know, if you 
put into context, a League Two team has lost to a Championship team. That's that's hardly a surprise. We're spoiled because last season we beat Coventry and we gave Sheffield United a, a real close run. So I think there's maybe a fact that we've been spoiled a bit there. But leaving Ewood Park on Monday, maybe it's because the organisation fiasco when I was just a bit miserable in the rain. I was just a bit disappointed in how predictable our performance was. I felt it was basically like playing Walsall again in a much better stadium. And I was also just disappointed by the fact that I know that our team is so much better than we showed on on Monday night because I think my biggest sort of disappointment, which you know is still taking it quite quite harshly, is is that I know we could have won potentially, and it's always disappointing when you don't. I think the the man of the goals was disappointing as well because I know Blackburn were good, but I feel like we played into their hands tactically, playing that from the back. You know, the one thing Blackburn are good at is keeping the ball moving it well. I feel like we just sort of handed them on a plate. So obviously would have been nice by Newcastle. Losing to Blackburn's not the end of the world. I'm not one of these fans who's saying parky out, sack and wall, get rid of the players. I just feel that we gave a bad account for ourselves on the pitch, off it. I thought our fans were incredible again. And football's moments in it. That Andy Cannon goal, the celebrations with my dad when that went in were as good as any goal I've celebrated in the last t- ten years, really. And probably my whole life. Do you know what I mean? It was just, right. it was ace. It was ace and that's what it's about. It is. And I'm, I'm glad that that goal didn't come down 4-0. You know, it came at a meaningful moment. You actually got to celebrate it. Darwin End exploded into life. And we're actually yeah, in the stadium at this point. Uh, uh, right, right. We'll get on to that. Don't worry. Uh, I've got lots of thoughts on that. But uh, Cannon, yeah, it was a great finish. And I was an immense amount of FOMO um, when I wasn't there and I was watching it on the, on the coverage. Um but you just have to say that the championship team with the championship's top scorer and you know a higher caliber of player looked like that they 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 were better they looked better they looked more composed and we faded as the game went on and that's okay i think you can't you're allowed to be critical of a, a, even in that sort of situation but you're also allowed to just brush it off and move on arthur had a bad game, but he's had so many great ones. That happens. Nobody plays well every week. And if a player That's did play well so every funny, week... Nath, what is just when Wrexham are on TV, you get a lot of people who never watch Wrexham sort of commenting on this. Sure. And that's why I was getting so... Because I, I, I was... I sort of... I was speaking to my friends at work on Wednesday and I was speaking... I just saw social media after the game. And I just saw so many people saying, that keeper's dreadful. And I was like... Mate, if if that lowers his chance evaluation, I'm, I'm I'm happy to get knocked out of the <laughs> FA Cup because that guy is unbelievable. Arguably the best Wrexham keeper I've seen in the flesh in my lifetime. Perhaps he's that he's that good. So yeah, it's just that's what I mean. That's what my disappointment sort of came from, Nate. It's the fact that the FA Cup on Monday night on BBC Wales and on so many channels worldwide is a chance to advertise who we are as a club for people who don't watch us week in week out for people who only check social media and see what Wrexham are up to. And I just felt it was like, there's so much noise around Wrexham. And then that was what we saw on the pitch. It just, I just, I was disappointed because it's not the advert for us that it should have been. No, I, I see what you're saying. I spoke to Chris and Andy, Andy Morell and Chris Wathen that were on BBC Radio Wales after the game. They were at Ewood Park and they got me on to, to have a chat about the game. And, and on that, I said that I think in a weird sort of way, those kind of humbling defeats, humbling against the side two divisions above us, 
are helpful in the long run. It, it reminded me anyway, I'll speak for myself, I won't speak for everybody else, but it reminded me to enjoy the journey and not just worry about the destination, whether that is Premier League, whether that is Championship. have to enjoy the journey. You have to because players will come and go. Some of your favourites will go. You know, New ones will arrive. You'll have new heroes. There'll be amazing memories. There'll be new ones made. You know, this is meant to be the golden era. And it might not be, you know, we hope it's not the top level we'll be at, but you have to enjoy the journey along the way. And that comes with lows, you know, for all the highs we get to celebrate. You know, imagine the disappointment for those Coventry fans, you know, how embarrassed they would have felt losing to a side, your divisions below them. Those what's Sheffield so lovely, you know, Nate? Go on. Yeah. What I was going to say, what's so lovely is that hopefully in six years, we're the, we're the ones who are the championship team being knocked out by a non-league or League Two team. And we're disappointed because right. that shows how far we will have come. And yeah, it's it's one of those. Nova. We've said it before on the pod that we want to get to re- want to see Wrexham as high as we can get them really in the pyramid. I think lots of us would say championship would be the dream really just for what it means and the, the games you get. But ultimately, if it's a Saturday and we're watching our team and it's still a Wrexham we all know and love winning matches, it doesn't matter what league you're in or who you're playing against. Obviously, it feels there's that extra layer sometimes on, on the league and the and, and who, who the opposition are. But even if Wrexham got to the Premier League, I can't imagine there's got to be many better games than the Notts County game, the Dover game along the way. I just can't see it. And whatever happens, if I watch Wrexham playing in the Champions League, I'll still remember Wrexham 6, Dover 5. Oh, and I'll still say that's the best game I've ever been to. I, I just think as well what it showed was, and this isn't to be too critical of the players, I think again it was just a reminder that Okay, National League, we stormed that. We set a record, points record. League Two, we're on course with the squad we've got to get a top three finish and get promoted to League One. But there are levels to the game. League One is very tough. You've just seen Portsmouth go and spend a million quid to get Callum Lang out of uh, Wigan. You know, clubs spend money. Ipswich went up from League One last season, are doing very, very well under Kieran McKenna in the Championship. Championship, we saw the likes of Sam Smoddick's you know, the level he can operate at, the space he found, the space he created, the one-two, he was in a different gear. I don't know if he had a sixth gear or something that he was in because we just couldn't deal with it. And I can't be too mad, really, at our defenders because they're League Two, League One defenders. This guy's the top scorer in the second division. So there are levels to it. And if we're to get, if we're aspiring to get to those levels, there's going to be a lot of sea change in the next five, six years. You know, that is what is, I think, really interesting. But as I said, my main takeaway from Blackburn on the pitch was Parky's got his ban out of the way. I'm not sure he enjoyed that very much, sat up in the director's box. But also, let's enjoy the... And this isn't to be a happy clapper. I was critical of certain players, and that's that's okay, on the night. And then we move on, we brush it and move on. Got to enjoy the journey, the highs and the lows. We've had so many highs, and we've lauded it over Shrewsbury, and we lauded it over... Coventry and we almost got to lord it over Sheffield United and others you have to have the the lows to feel the highs right so that's that was my exactly. main takeaway no I, I think that's true mate and yeah it's it's one of those you know let's let's just get on we need to get promotion we're out of the cup now no distractions let's go and, and focus on the league and like you said Ewood Park then I enjoyed the fact it was so local to me I enjoyed going to the pub beforehand I enjoyed seeing some some close friends. I enjoyed the walk to the stadium. Then came the half an hour, 35 minute wait in 
torrential rain to get into the ground and I didn't like Blackburn's comments, the official statement on, Neither on this did at I. all. Neither did I, mate. I, I've been thinking about it this week. I mean, going to Blackburn on Monday night, one of the key issues of that was always going to be transport and travel to the actual stadium. The the drive from North Wales to that part of the world, I do it so often because that's my drive for every single home game. I drive there and back, essentially. I live 15 minutes from Blackburn. And the traffic is hellish. And if you get stuck, you get stuck. So doing that on a Monday night is hellish enough. Doing it on Monday night in the rain is is an extra element. You then have to get into Blackburn. It was congestion on the roads. So I think it took sort of like half an hour, an hour for the, the buses to go the final mile, really. So you get that sort of bottleneck of fans arriving. They're arriving late at the ground, not because they timed it wrong, because the club coaches couldn't get there earlier. You've then got the fact that it's a Monday night at half seven, not even quarter to eight. So a lot of fans have just come straight from work and you just have to get to, you've got to get to the stadium. So everyone's going to be arriving that sort of time. I don't buy the arrive earlier when it's a Monday night kickoff. That just ain't a thing that can happen because you can't get there earlier. Yeah, get out You've of work, get out of school, just just, just you, leave your yeah. commitments behind, mate. There's, there's four entrances at the stadium. You've got like two people on each, searching absolutely everyone. And I get there are safety issues there, but the, the they were stringent security checks and the queue was getting longer and longer and longer. So many fans missed kickoff as, as a result of that. I thought it was really poorly managing the fact they didn't. I know it's on TV, so maybe you can't delay kickoffs as freely as you could if it wasn't on TV. Fans were watching it. it was, fans were watching it on, on their the phones. stream outside of yeah. the turnstile. That's nonsense. Yeah, it was, it was chaos. And then we got into the ground, and it was just congestion in the stairwells, and you could not move at all. You just you, you couldn't see where the, the stairs up the stand were because there were just so many fans who'd got in late and were just trying trying to find a seat wherever they can. I mean, you can't be saying, excuse me, you're in, in my seat now, can you? It's not that sort of situation. So it took me and my dad sort of five, ten minutes to find a seat in the stadium, nowhere near where we thought we were going to be. Um, obviously settle in there. That was hellish. It sort of did. Obviously, the more people came in, the more it sort of died down. Then the other issue for me, and I'm not sure this has been, I know this is isolated as such, but so myself, my dad, myself and my dad were in the bottom sort of right of the stand. And I think after we'd scored maybe, but after we scored, maybe it was one all at this point, a, a gentleman two rows in front of us collapsed. And he, I think he fainted. He seemed okay and seemed responsive by the end anyway. But he collapsed and the fans were just frantically trying to get anyone's attention, sort of St. John's Ambulance, the police, it, I think it took two, three minutes for anyone to sort of register what was happening. And I know that it was busy, it was chaotic, but that could have been the difference between life or death for someone. And I know it wasn't in the end. You might say, well, you're making thankfully. them out of molehill here. Well, but thankfully. it could have been, it could have gone so, so bad. And because of the congestion that they'd caused previously, when they did alert the St. John's ambulance, they couldn't actually get up to the man. So they were having to pass the medical supplies from fans all the way up the the row of seats. And it was just absolute chaos. And again, it just was an absolute shit show, to be honest, from from Blackburn Rovers. We didn't have these issues at Coventry. We didn't have these issues at Sheffield United. I get that the kickoff time won't be decided just by Blackburn, but they have to. They are the home club. It's down to them. It's down to the FA. It's their competition to ensure that fan safety is paramount. And we were treated 
we weren't well it was disregard you know because i saw loads of people saying oh no the, the the end was full when the game kicked off well no i was stood outside when the game kicked off and there was thousands of people still behind me so yeah it was just just an absolute farce of a of a game for me in that that respect maybe that's yeah. why i was so angry at full time <laughs> well yeah you were you were very angry the uh the text i was getting but i don't blame you I, you know i was i was really disappointed my granddad's disabled and so when i see messages of fans who got disability that were saying they were you know shoved from pillar to post and they couldn't get to an area where they felt safe they couldn't move fast enough you're seeing people gathering in stairwells because there's nowhere else to go talk of you know, stewards hitting panic buttons and, and even, you know, some of the staff there panicking. It's not right. We, we've come too far uh, in the kind of pyramid. This is the next Premier League club that are going to have Newcastle in the next round that are also going to want 7,000 tickets. You know, it shouldn't come as a surprise. I know Blackburn's attendances have fluctuated. It's not been full for a long time, but come on now, you know, get it together. The Football Supporters Association, I'm sure, will be looking into it. And, you know, Blackburn's comments, I don't know. I, I think, you could easily have just apologised, tried to draw a line under it with a very short statement. It wouldn't have needed loads. But there we go, Rich. It was a forgettable away day on and off the pitch. I think everyone's be glad to move on back to League Two. But what I will say, it is back-to-back defeats. And that hasn't happened for a long time, if you're a Wrexham fan. Um, it hasn't happened for a long time. And so Saturday against Salford is very, very big. We will be travelling to Salford then as well, bolstered, well, by a local lad. He's probably just stayed at the Peninsula Stadium for two nights in a row. Uh, Wrexham have signed Luke Bolton and Jack Marriott. Jack Marriott, there you go. So I, I, for some reason, I thought it was called James Marriott then. I really doubted myself before I, thought, I said his name. I thought so you were going to say... I it wasn't gonna a dramatic say, pause for effect. I thought you were going to say Andy. I was like, he's great, but long gone, and I don't think he's uh, up, up for playing up front for us. So... I mean, initially, what were your reactions to those two signings? I mean, for me, Marriott. Oh, go on. Oh, should we start with Marriott? Start because with Marriott. We, I've got the the Bolton sort of section will fantastically sort of segue into the Salford preview. Anyway, Marriott then, because at first, I know I just asked you, but I'm going to leave the line here. <laughs> when 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 it sort of dropped, I was like, okay, I I fell down the trap that I hate of going on Wikipedia. And being like, is this the guy I want? Then I watched the video Gazzo and tweeted of that season he had for Derby, 2018-2019. I was at Old Trafford when he scored against Man United. They knocked him out of the Carabao Cup. Harry Wilson scored as well. One of the key games of Jose Mourinho getting sacked. He scored at Stamford Bridge that season. He obviously scored two goals in the playoff semi-final. He scored a goal in the championship playoff final against Villa. And I was like, God, this guy's good. This is a this is a top-end League One striker, actually. And then I've sort of seen the social media reaction. And when a striker like that leaves your club, I think it's very easy to jump on, oh, he's only in it for the money, he loves playing golf, you know, he's going to be crap. We were told that about Oli Palmer. We were told Paul Mullen's nothing about Wes Houlihan. We were told Elliot Lee wasn't good enough, and that's why he's dropped down to this level. There's a reason he's playing in the non-league. I am actually, now that I've thought about it, I think he could really revolutionise the way Wrexham play because he should not be playing in League Two. And he does tick that box that we've been asking for of someone who could do it in League One. And you've also got to remember, 
it's so it's I'm trying to say it's not out of context, but comparing how you do in a bad Fleetwood team to how you could do at Wrexham is completely different. That's true because he'll be getting so much more service. He'll have, be having so more chances in the game. You know, they are very different sort of situations. Yeah, I I'm intri- I'm intrigued by the move because he's gonna want to come in and play which is fair enough, as he would expect to. Paul Moen very much expects to play every game. You know, what does it mean for Fletcher? I mean, we've said that we probably prefer Fletcher off the bench. What does it mean for Sam Dalby? What does it mean for Ollie Palmer? You know, and I, more so for me, I think we disagree on this, which we don't often do on the podcast, but it's okay to, it's healthy. I think an 18-month contract for Jack Marriott strikes me, purely my opinion, I've got no intel on this, as... It's a short deal, that, for me, because he starts next season in the final year of his contract, which is always one where players want to negotiate new ones. For me, and I don't know any clauses, I think an 18-month deal strikes me that he wasn't option number one, maybe. He wasn't plan A um, this month as a striking option. I don't know who that plan A was. Maybe it was Clark Harris. Maybe it was uh, Humphreys. I don't know who. We've got linked with loads of... Maybe it was Ronan Hale. I'm Aaron sure Collins went to... At- Bolton didn't went he? to Bolton for seven hundred and fifty thousand. You know that's huge money. So, you know who knows who who, who Parkin his coaching staff had as number one. I just think an eighteen month deal for Jack Marriott is enough to say get us into League One, have a season there, and if your goal return is similar to what it was at Fleetwood and Wrexham, do it you know marooned a bit in League One, then you and Ollie Palmer who will also be out of contract, Sam Dolby I think will also be out of contract. You know lots of players will be out of contract in that in, in 2025 and you know maybe that is the big refresh or a bigger refresh of forward department so for me that 18 month deal was a oh okay you know not tied in on the long term to a player that's already 29 a kind of short-term deal that keeps Wrexham alive in in future transfer windows see I see it as we've learned from past mistakes that when we got to National League we were getting very giddy over the fact that players were signing more than one-year deals. There were three-year deals being handed out. There was players committing a, a long part of their career to the club. And now you look at us, we're stuck with a lot of players. We've had to pay Bryce Hazana off uh, as we're recording this today. There are other players that, you know, look at like McFadzine, we had to help to pay him off. Billy Waters would have helped if we could have got rid of him. Maybe even one of the strikers would have helped if we didn't have them all tied down. So I actually think on the contrary, that it's smart from Wrexham not to throw all your eggs in one basket because it's so difficult. Obviously, for a player like Jack Marriott, you've got to pay a premium to get him to drop down to League Two. I know he wants to join for the project, but he's still got a mortgage to pay and he'd be stupid not to try and get as much money out of Wrexham as he can because everyone should be doing that in their job negotiations. You should be trying to get maximum value for for your worth. So from Wrexham's point of view, I just see it as sensible to to not commit to too long a contract because what if we had signed him up to a three, four-year deal? I mean, he's, what is he, 28, 29 already? And what if he doesn't What if he doesn't hit the ground running? What if he does struggle? What if he becomes injury prone? What if we're lumbered with him? So I think it's sensible from Wrexham. And I suppose, Nafe as well, there is the other suggestion that we've heard is that it could actually be a, a club record signing, Jack Marriott. I, I See, I... I... I would be surprised to break the club record. That's that is what I've heard from the Fleetwood end. Right, I I think that to break a club record is a significant milestone 
in the you know it, whether it was Joey or uh, Ollie Palmer or you know whenever we've done it, you usually you might not have to disclose it, but a, an undisclosed club record deal that would just tell you that it was over three hundred k. I don't think it is over that personally because they didn't. I reckon say it might it. be a deal that's like quite close to club record and then has add-ons perhaps like a promotion bonus. Maybe so the total package could be a club record fee. I, I think but what the actual yeah initial expenditure. I think isn't. what we've got right now is not above what we spent on Ollie Palmer in that window. And we were paying a National League tax there because we were having to get players. And the, the vision well, sure was... sure that makes Jack Marriott an even better signing if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, I mean look, if you've got him for less than Ollie Palmer cost, what, two years ago? Then... Exactly. I think, you know, now the now you can see that Wrexham are on the cusp, hopefully, of League One. He knows that it's less of a gamble than that first, you know, when Ollie Palmer joined, I think there was still a, a big level of gamble to Wrexham going up, even though we did do it eventually. Um yeah, look, I, you know, it is a good bit of business, but what combinations do you go with up top? Is he a player that can fill in for Mullen or not or play instead of Mullen, give Mullen a rest? Is he one that you pair with, um, you know, is it just you partnering with Mullen and you go with those two or, or do you partner with Palmer or I don't know, you've got a lot of strikers there that have got good pedigree that will want to play. You know, the one youngster that we felt like was probably going to suck it up. And when we said youngster, Bickerstaff isn't that young anymore. The one kind of youngster that was willing to suck it up and and take being the fifth option, not really now a player that's going to be happy anyway. It's a it's a balancing act now because you've gone and got another ready made player, and bit by bit the dressing room becomes much more experienced and the younger ones drop off, and suddenly you've got thirty or twenty five lads that all you know, twenty two lads that are all knocking on the door want to play. It's the great dilemma for Ten Hag now, isn't it? I'm, I'm Ten so Hag for intrigued. Phil Parkinson. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, go <laughs> you're on, still working. No, because, you're still working. It's, it's all right. Because, leave it. It's because the United game's on right now, and I'm having to try keep tabs of, oh, of what's happening. This is what I'm saying. Um, if we'd have recorded on Wednesday, we wouldn't have known the deals had gone through. But we wouldn't. You have you working and recording at the same time. So there you go. Well, we don't have Eric. Well, Ten yeah, Hag, I was thankfully. Say, got Phil Parkinson. Yeah, thankfully not. Um, but yeah, it's the dilemma, isn't it, for for Parky? Park Hag, um, that how would you actually keep all these people happy? Because we always allude to that interview that Humphrey gave about people are going to have to be moved on at some point and we're going to have to be ruthless. And Rex, for Wrexham to carry on this upward trajectory, you've got to keep on getting those, to go United again, those marginal gains and to slowly improve every area of the squad. Marriott is that, but it does mean that there's going to be a drop-off now because... I don't even know. Rich, because... Rich, take it like this. Take it like this. You, you've swapped a, a raw Jake Bickerstaff, who, I, can I say, I was banging the drum all season. I never wavered in the face of criticism and all that. I said he needed to go on loan. Better late than never. All the best to him. He said in his quotes to Accrington, I'm buzzing to get going. I just want minutes. I just want to play. And I think they, I think Accrington lost a striker who'd got been recalled from loan. So the spot there, they need a striker who can finish. They're, they're, they're missing that kind of penalty box poacher. Let's see how he gets on. So all the best, Jake. I've been rooting for that loan deal since the start of the season. But if you look at it yeah, like I think that... You're on commission, that's why though, isn't it? <laughs> but if you look at it like... Oh God, I wish. Um, but if you look at it like this, you've gone from a, a raw Jake Bickerstaff to a very accomplished Jack Marriott. If you just look at that in isolation, you've leveled up massively with respect to... Jake Bickerstaff, you know, you, you've leveled up. If, you, if your fourth and fifth option now are Ollie Palmer and Sam Dalby, I mean, come on. That's that's more than enough to get you out of the league. 
Yeah, of course. And again, we talked about that future proofing. And if you get promoted now to League One this season, I think you've got Mullen, you've got Marriott, Fletcher. You got three of your four or five strikers there for League One for me. You would you would keep Fletcher because he's obviously out of contract at the end of the season. You'd keep him. Yeah. I'd keep him as your fourth or fifth choice in League One. Right. Not the role he's got now. I think we said this a couple of weeks ago, him and McLean, just for what they bring in terms of professionalism, that you keep them around. If you if you can drop them down the hierarchy but keep them happy, then that's the that's the proviso for me. So yeah, I'm interested to see how that one works out. Like you said, so Bickerstaff's gone on loan. Bryce Hazan has seen his contract terminated. So that's how you you facilitate these people in, in the in the in the squad. As we're recording this, it still remains to be seen if there'll be a third signing or not. We know that Wrexham were looking at potentially bringing a midfielder in this month. It was never maybe essential. So it says a lot, I think, that you've got some pace in Bolton. You've got goals in Marriott. Very interesting for me, Nath, that we know that centre-back is arguably the, the position they, they want to strengthen the most, but looks like it's got to be parked completely now until the summer. Yeah, yeah. I mean... You know, it was no secret. I've been posting about it all day and chasing lines about Jamie Lindsay at Rotherham, championship midfielder, Scottish. You know, that would have smashed the transfer record the Wrexham have got. He's out of contract at the end of the season. That obviously puts clubs off a little bit from paying a huge fee because in six months he's readily available. Um, you know, made no secret Wrexham have been keen. And I wondered if that would have meant, you know, he was described to me as an Andy Cannon type, a James Jones type, a Luke Young type. Probably the the one on the right-hand side, the shuttle runs, the tackles, the high energy. But it did make me wonder whether there would have been that option maybe to have gone with a George Evans at the back, a Tom O'Connor, and gone with two real ball players either side of a sort of solid centre-back and then you'd have had just essentially a lot of midfielders on the pitch that can play the ball about you know dare I say imagine uh, Owen O'Connell as the main as the central centre-back who's a very good ball playing centre-back flanked by Evans flanked by O'Connor and suddenly you've got you know a Lindsay in front but if I'm being honest oh god you're teasing me now (laughs) but if, if I'm being honest right now my phone is buzzing away as I do this and you know, 8.30 God, they're now. the sexy centre-backs you wanted, aren't they? No, 8.30 now as I record this, I I think that Lindsay deal is off. Um, and we'll see how that ages. This might be clipped up and come back to bite me. I I, I don't want to go into the figures. Just Anyone awake? Of, anyone awake. I, I don't want to go into the figures too much because it, it wouldn't be fair for me to do so. But it, it was a large amount that Rotherham wanted. If you think our transfer record is 300,000, you go some comfortably go above that for what they wanted um and the clubs were not then they're not they're not aligned in in the fee a lot of talk was and about, we've seen yeah. this as well Nath, haven't we in terms of what sean said in the past what humphrey said in the past that look Wrexham want to stick to their principles here and we are, we accept there's a Wrexham tax that we have to pay to get people to drop down to our level because by the nature of the club, we target players traditionally from the leagues above now. That is our new tradition. And to do, get them to the club, you've got to pay a premium. You've got to pay a premium anyway midway for a season for a good player to leave because why would someone want to sell them? They need to get replacement. And there's so many. It's the domino effect, isn't it? Very apparent in January as well. And then there's the Wrexham tax. And everyone knows we've got money. Everyone knows we have massive turnover. We sell £168 hoodies. We are rolling in it. So they want that money and they can demand that money 
because they know that Wrexham are the one team who will buy them. And look, if they want them, they'll have to pay a lot for them. So I do admire Wrexham whenever we, we've seen it. Like I said, I think Luke Armstrong was a blessing in disguise because you've probably spent that fee this month on two players who are collectively better than, than Luke Armstrong. Um, and like I said, if a if a deal gets too high, then you look at alternative options or you just walk away. Wrexham are not in desperate need of a midfielder this month. I do not think that signing a midfielder. I know this will all be the the windows ended when you're listening to this, but like as I'm saying right now, as we're recording this, signing a Wrexham a, a midfielder for Wrexham is just a bonus for next season. I don't think it affects how if we go up or not this season getting another midfielder. I really don't. So yeah, I I don't. I will not be upset if Wrexham end the window about a midfielder. I'm quite happy, to be honest, with the business done. Obviously, I would love it if they just tweeted, by the way, Arthur Conquo signed a pre-contract agreement. See you, wow. see you in July, mate. See you in Las Vegas. I just think, that, you know, it's... I used to watch a show as a kid called The Shiny Show. I don't know if you ever watched that. Oh, I used but... to love The Shiny Show. Was that on Channel 5? Maybe it was it CBBC? I don't know. I used to watch The Shiny Show, and um, obviously that show was just... You'd get very... I, used to, I actually know the theme tune to that, but I'm not going to sing it. Okay. Only for plagiarism issues. Okay, well, the... You know, if anyone hasn't seen it, they basically get very excited and show off products that were wrapped in... Um, like puppets that would show off products that were wrapped in foil, essentially. And it'd be very, it was very entertaining. But it was because this was the new thing, it was shiny, and everyone liked it. And obviously, in a transfer window, that's exactly what it is. It's essentially a, an adult version of the shiny show where you get a new sign-in, that's great. An adult you, version of the shiny nah, show sounds quite, right. sounds quite sexy. But yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you're very focused on the incomings. Like, who are we signing? Get out the pen emoji. This I want, this I want. And you sort of disregard the players that are going to be the fall guys i'm very disappointed for bryce i know it wasn't in the 22 i'm very disappointed i think there was a player there just been riddled with injury and you know i, I um sent him a message and just said all the best you know i, I really i know people like that real shame for him you know mcfadzi and people wouldn't bat an eye but you know had moments for Wrexham and uh luke young another that you know as of right now i think he's still going to be in the 22 when this comes around, but it's been a torrid month. You know, it's funny how football clubs love you until they don't. And yeah, it's a very ruthless business. And, you know, it's, I don't know, it, it, it frustrates me seeing behind the curtain sometimes how poorly players get treated as soon as they're not wanted anymore. And I get that, you know, people will say, well, players, they might choose to leave. They might put in a transfer request and they want to leave and it's on their own terms. I get that, but the certain players you know, your Youngs, your Laintons, even players that have left in a previous era that have been with us for a long, long time. And yeah, always a little bit sad for me when they kind of get put on the shelf and forgotten about and not given the respect I think that they've earned. And sometimes, mm. you know, give them a straight answer. Sometimes let them, let them go, you know, let them go to a situation that they want. If you don't want them, just tell them, don't, don't drag things out to the bitter end and, and, and leave them, you know, stranded on the highway kind of thing. Well, again, it's I've used this analogy covering Man United and I sometimes get it myself. Not, this isn't just Wrexham, it's other clubs, but they're kind of like toddlers. You don't want a toy until someone else is playing with it. And you're like, actually, no, we will keep you just in case. We, just in case we might need you. There's so many players in that Wrexham team who must be just thinking, I mean, like Billy Waters, why couldn't he have just gone on loan last summer? 
I know that you then get Stephen Fletcher in and that maybe changes it. He drops down the pecking order again. But Bickerstaff, we all knew. You knew, Nate, he wasn't going to play. So why couldn't you loan him out last summer? You look at people in that squad. You look at, I know McAlinden's a great guy and there is room for that in, in some squads to have someone who you know, keeps Paul Mullen asleep by 9pm or whatever. But you look at Luke Young, you look at McFadden, you look at Hosanna. Why couldn't these players who clearly weren't going to be involved much, why couldn't they have been loaned out last last summer when that was that was obvious or even terminated then so they could have had the chance to find the club but I guess it comes back down to that domino effect there are so many cogs that need to turn particularly midway through the season and Wrexham's it's in Wrexham's own selfish interest rather than the players interest isn't it right. to keep them so that, I, I do it. get that that's it and they're under, question they're under, for you then go Nath go ahead I want to ask you moving this on we've got Marriott we've also got Bolton and now let I mean I mean, I should say as well, we're trying to get some background on some of these players because we don't always know loads about, about some of them. Oddly enough, I do know a bit about Bolton because he was obviously at Man City um, Youth. We did speak to, not on voice chat, but we spoke to a Fleetwood Town sort of podcast earlier in the day and they sent through notes on Jack Marriott. Here's the four bullet points that they sent <laughs> about scared. Jack Marriott. They said, number one, he won't be remembered. Damn! So I asked, how will he be remembered by Fleetwood fans? They said, he won't be remembered. I said, what type of striker is he? They said, he plays off the last man a lot, loads of energy, and is a very good finisher. That sounds exactly what we need away from home. I said, so so why is he leaving? We turned down, this Fleetwood turned down a £600,000 offer from Oxford in the summer for Jack Marriott, as he wanted to move further south to be closer to his family. Obviously, a move to Wrexham is a little bit further south than than Fleetwood, but maybe not the uh, close to home move that you, you suggest. Um, they say he downed tools after that, and it appears we're preparing for life in League Two, so we wanted to remove one of our highest earners. And I, then I said, how do you think he'll get, in, get on with Wrexham this season and potentially in League One next? He said, if he's happy, I see no reason why he can't be the top goal scorer in League Two, maybe even League One. He's defo a top League One striker. So, yeah, interesting one there, Naif, um, in terms of maybe his locale wanting to move down south eventually. A move to Wrexham's down south these days. That is what we had on Jack Marriott. Speaking about Luke Bolton then, someone who came through the Man City youth ranks, I spoke to my uh, colleague, Sai. He's the chief Man City writer for the Manchester Evening News. And when I asked him what he made of Luke Bolton, he said... I thought of his group, he was the what he was one of the least likely players to make it at City, but one of the most likely to have a good career in the game. He said, if that makes sense. Lots of ability and a real hard worker, just not quite a City player. I think that's evident by what he's done then at Salford. We'll get the Salford perspective on him shortly. Nay, for me, the confusion there is where does he sort of fit in? Who does he replace? Because he almost feels like a Dulux Barney to me. Yeah, well, I mean, it raises questions if you're Barney. Or a Deluxe Barney. I know some people saying a Dulux <laughs> Barney is one covered in paint, but... Uh, I, I mean, Barney, Ford, both of those must have been scratching their head, for sure. I mean, competition's normal in a squad if you want to be successful. And to answer your very, very early question about how do you keep players happy, you win. And winning, no one can say anything. You keep winning, no one can say a thing. You're not in the team, the team's winning. You can't do a lot. It's suddenly that the door gets knocking when you lose games and you best believe 
if there's another defeat on Saturday, um, that that door, Parky's door will be very, very busy, I would imagine. Um, straight off the bat, Luke Bolton, I'm, I'm excited by. I think that's a good move, good age profile. Are you more excited by Bolton than Marriott? Yeah, I am, because I feel like there's... I'm more excited by Marriott, I'd say. Okay, we're not we're not agreeing on much today, are we? It's a new one for us. This could uh, be the final podcast. <laughs> let's, oh, hang on, hang on. Let's not get silly. Let's not get hasty. I'm non-confrontational. Let's not get hasty. Bolton, um, no, I am because I think I think he has got that bit of pace and I do wonder, I don't know if I'll put it out, but I sent it to you earlier, Rich. Hopefully I can figure out a way to put it out. I mocked up various teams and I do wonder if at Wimbledon at the start of the season, we played one striker and we played two off the striker. Now, I don't know. Let's just say, for argument's sake, you play, I don't know, say Mullen is sidelined or somebody like that, and you play Marriott up top on his own, and you play Elliot Lee and Barney. Why don't you play Barney further forward? They've definitely tried Barney further forward Do you think that's maybe recently. even a, a, the tactic we're crying out for away from home? Because we've been saying or we need Bolton. pace, we need some... You know, play Bolton further forward. I think it is a tactic. If you, you know, Imagine on one side if you had Barney and Bolton, the B&B. Dare you stop at the B and B? I think the question mark with that is it's very gung ho. You've got two. Pl- I mean, look, Ryan Barnett's a winger that we've converted into a wing back. You know, are we going to do that again with Bolton? I know he's played there for Salford, but he is a winger really, and he's been converted into a wing back with the popularity of three five two systems, three four three. I just wonder whether sort of playing two playmakers or two players who can find pockets of space off a main striker. I just wonder whether that is an option away from home because going two up top when we don't really have any have any pace in the front line, so to speak, it makes the counter-attack quite tough because really, who are the pace players in that team if we play our normal team? The wing-backs. And that's about it. And that's a lot of ground for them to cover every single game. So no wonder Ford gets injured or no wonder Barney had that long injury or McLean's been pretty good. He's a fitness machine. But I think you want to get as many pace players under the pitch. Bolton, for me, I mean, he was in training today. I saw a picture of Parky sort of laughing and smiling next to him. I hope he plays Saturday. I would play both Maria and Bolton on Saturday, freshen things up. That Blackburn one's slightly bruising. And I think we're just crying out for a bit of freshness. New players drive up the standards. Others, Barney will want to be better. Ford will want to be better. Um, Mullin... Palmer, they're all going to want to be better because someone's coming in their position and they feel somewhat threatened. That's healthy. So get them in. So if you want this podcast to be good, we should replace you? Is uh, that what we're saying? You don't replace, and but you get we'll someone else fighting. in. You, no, you get someone okay. else in and then I have to raise my game. I like that it's me that has to raise my game, though. <laughs> I mean, I after, do I, after I've named the Man United manager in this podcast. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. So I know Bolton, I'm excited by, but again, it makes me laugh. Well, my final point on the transfers, which it makes me laugh when respectfully to a lot of listeners and you know close friends and things, you are, you haven't watched a lot of Luke Bolton and you haven't no. watched a lot of Jack Marriott, and that's okay. I don't pretend to either. You know, I don't know loads about these players, I do. but when some people do pretend that they've seen every clip of Jack Marriott, you know, or they've watched him regularly, do me a favor. You haven't. We're going to get to see what he's like, and hopefully, he's good. That's the main thing. We've got to trust Parky's recruitment. And he's so far, we've had a couple of ricks, haven't we? A couple of dodgy ones, but mostly I'd say probably an 85% hit rate. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, there's so many players we've signed previously who I've not known much about. 
I've not been familiar with your game and they've arrived and they've they've blown me away and yeah here is someone though who does know quite a bit about Luke Bolton this is Danny from the Salford City podcast one up front we started off by speaking about Bolton and then looking ahead to this weekend's game at the Peninsula Stadium and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with muck delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, Danny, I mean, it's perfect timing that you are sold as a player before we play this weekend as well. I suppose we'll start with Luke Bolton then. How have you rated him during his time at Salford City? It depends which week you catch him on, to be honest. Um, he's, I think, let, let's say if you were a Mansfield fan and you only saw him once last season, you would think he was an absolute uh, terror down the wing because he was he totally ripped down to shreds. But if you see him on other occasions... Um, trying to beat players and just running into brick walls, you would think, I'm not even sure he's League Two standard. So it, it does it does vary um, on the week. And it also depends which position, because I, I was on another Wrexham podcast, the Racecourse Ramble of the day, and they think because you play a 3-5-2, I believe that it might be um, switched in as a right wing back, which... I wouldn't recommend it. He's versatile enough to play, though, but you won't get yeah, the best. He said that's his favourite position. What, what do you think... Are the drawbacks of him playing there then? What what do you think his best position is yourself? Um, when he was at his peak last year, we had Louis Berry, who's now injured um, at Stockport um, on the left wing of a 4-2-3-1. Um, so kind of a wide forward, um, bombing down the wing. Brilliant, really. With a give-and-go release, he is absolutely dynamite. But if, if you expect him to beat um, a man consistently uh, and you expect him to deliver good crosses... You'd be waiting a while, <laughs> unless unless there's a massive development spike. You know, I've only seen him for the last what two seasons, um, and before that, it was at City's academy. So there's always a possibility that he can surprise me. But I, I do think he's quite frustrating at times to watch because he, he can do it, but it's just not. So would you say enough. he's certainly more of an attacking wing back rather than a defensive one? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the, the fact he's been advertised as a wing back, um, and I know that's maybe why you bought him. We've only used him as that as an emergency. Um, he's always been um, a wide forward or a winger, some form of wide player in 75% plus uh, of games. So it's a surprise to me that that's how he's been uh, marketed. Salford fans upset to see him go or quite happy to cash in on a player who, like you said, maybe isn't consistent enough, really? Um, 
because I think the thing that swung it and made the majority think not good riddance, but like it's a good deal for us is that his contract is not signing a new one. His contract's up at the end of the year. So if you've got enough money to to kind of throw our way for a player who's got such a short contract length and you want to secure him, then because we are heavily in debt, I believe, uh, we're losing a lot because we have such a small fan base and quite a high wage bill that any money we can get in the door is yeah, useful to us. It's got to be interesting then to see what will happen on, on Saturday if he's even in the Wrexham squad, of course. Yeah. Um, do you think he'll get a good reception or do you think there'll be uh, the home fans saying he's only left for the money, which I know is maybe ironic considering he, he played for Salford City and, and Man City previously. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of, I felt the last day or two, now it's become a concrete deal um, to him leaving. I've kind of felt that it's become more good riddance that, because he's always been a really nice lad around the club. You know, he's uh, a lot of the younger fans have liked him. You know, he's just, he's interacted well and he's a really hard worker. So I've got no issue with him furthering his career with a club at the opposite end of the table to us because we're going nowhere. And in terms of Saturday then, how are you feeling about that one? Were you at the race course earlier in the season for that, that heartbreaking finale? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, we had that game, you know. We, 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 we were bossing it for... Let's call it eight, was it 80 minutes. I don't quite know when you come back. When you come back, we you brought Fletcher on and you just kept bombing into our box, cross after cross after cross, and we just fell fell apart. And as I said on the other podcast, that that has haunted us um, ever since until we actually changed manager because we never felt secure in a game after that uh, and we weren't able to hold many leads. And that's why I think Neil would ended up getting sacked because the players lost so much confidence through that one individual yeah, it's performance. Almost, it sort of epitomised why we always have belief going into the final, final five minutes of the match and why maybe you're, even if you're winning 2-0 going into the final five on Saturday, you might not be uh, celebrating too soon. What have, what have you made of the managerial change then? Because obviously Neil Wood was, you know, he, he did salvage it at some stage, but... It looked like a change was was required, but obviously a massive drop off considering where where you were last season. Yeah, I'll get I'll get the obvious part for the for the Salford watchers. Um, in first of all, I'll, I'll give you the injury crisis card and say that's we can hide behind that as much as we want, and and it's true. Uh, the recruitment's not been particularly good in the last year and a half. I don't think either. But how do I feel about the change? Um, positive because. We needed to get out of danger and the fact that we'd flatlined so much and we looked so down as a, as a group of players that we needed a big personality to come in. And that's what Cal Robinson is. Um, he exudes that kind of animated enthusiasm that Neil Wood, as analytical and, and, and creative as he was tactically, he, he didn't have the personality to bring the players up once they were down. So um, you may you may or may not be surprised that We've also switched playing styles. We've now become massively direct. Um, so you may be seeing a mirror image, apparently, of yourselves um, on Saturday because I think you get from back to front quite quick. And So we've dropped all the possession, messing around in midfield, back to front very, very quick, up to uh, Matt Smith and another striker called Junior Lewambru who's quite physical. So that's going to be quite a contest, I think. Yeah, it's got to be an interesting style of play. And I suppose... How do you view it then? Do you see this as, as a free hit or do you think, look, Wrexham are pretty poor away from home. We should actually fancy our chances here and, and get that revenge, like you said, because you did give a decent account of yourself at the race course. Yeah, for three quarters of the game, we did. Um, I'm not I'm not a revenge-motivated uh, individual. Um, I'm sure some of our fan base might be, but I, I look at it more that the, the mini-revival that we've had since we've changed manager is... 
I want to know how much of that is real. And coming up against a strong team who've got players who are way, some players are way better than this this division, definitely. Um, I want to see what you can expose in our current game plan because I can't see a team going from possession-based football for 18 months as we tried to do. And we did quite well last year, actually. We only went up last year in, in the playoffs. but And we've now switched overnight to, to becoming a direct team who were very physical. So I want to know how a team who's used to playing physically, like yourselves, and with better players, definitely than us, what, what you are able to do against our game plan. And, and then we can then use that and try and adapt and evolve over the rest of the season. So I'm looking forward to it, yeah. In terms of the Salford as well, just to sort of finish this, it only just come to me now, but obviously you've had the documentary, you've had the, you've had every jibe you can have, probably as a Salford City fan of, you know, you've only, the club, you know, their own history. What do you make of the Wrexham sort of story? Because there are similarities, even if they are very different clubs at the same time. What do you make of having, because obviously you've seen it before and you've seen as well how difficult it actually is to get promoted when you've got that financial advantage. Having money is great, but spending it properly is completely different. What you've just said is exactly it. It comes down to uh, talent identification, recruitment and the right fit at the right time. And it, I think our division is about momentum as well, because let's just say, for whatever reason, things don't go your way and you, you, you not wishing this, your team fall away to nothing this season and, and your momentum is lost. You'll find it hard next season because um, we, I think we came up with all the bravado of multiple promotions very quickly. I think this could be either our fifth or sixth season at the same level. And the, the fact they are still filming our documentaries is a surprise because there is no surprise storyline for us. With you, there is. You're on the rise. We're not. Um, so I, I do think you're well, you're well good enough. Um, it's not great. It's not great English to say that. <laughs> you're easily you're you're easily good enough to go up this season. I'm sure you will. Um, but I'd just be careful if, if something happened. You slipped into the playoffs and you can't quite get there. That next season could be hard to lift yourselves again. So just 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 be careful. Is all. Well, I hope we're well good enough on Saturday. Um, have you got a exactly, prediction yeah. for the game? Are you feeling optimistic yourself? Um, I gave 3-1 early in the week, and that's a loss. 3-1. <laughs> Luke Bolton to score. So, I'd like to see him play. Um, let's have a see. What, against, against us, if he's playing on the... So he's actually going to be playing against Luke Garbutt, so he's got a chance, yeah. We're not we're not brilliant defensively down, down the left wing, so he's, he's got a chance, um, and I wish him well. You know, he's, he's done me no harm, and, he, and, he, and he's put 100% effort every single game as Luke. Uh, we, wish you, we wish you no harm either, Danny. No revenge on this podcast. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Nath, then, it's going to be an interesting one because when you think back to that earlier league meeting, Salford were doing a good job on us. They didn't create a lot. I, I do disagree with Danny a bit there that they played very well for most of the game. I thought they were always... They, they got two goals, fair play to them. But I just felt like we always sort of had the chance of coming back into the match, and I felt like we were the better team. Great. I mean, I'm just thinking back to that picture of Jordan celebrating the winner, which is just incredible. Um, it's such a good picture. I think Robstead took it, and you know him running towards that corner, um, and all the comments that came with it. You know, when your mum says you've got pizza for tea or something like that all those funny comments um i was chuffed for jordan that day I, I thought they were okay that day they played well but they weren't amazing they were uh, in the two nil lead after 36 minutes yeah, which is good but which is good but it, 
But I didn't think they created anything other than that. I know you've got to. I know that having a two 0 lead means they won't be very sort of open and sort of expansive when they play. But I wasn't that worried about them on the day. But I suppose, Nave, like you said, well, maybe you weren't saying, but I'm suggesting for you, there is still this underlying theme that wrecks them away from home. We are such a different team that maybe we can't read too much into that match. Four of 17 wins in the league away from home. I, th- I think I even sent you the full list um, that I do want to put out very, very soon of actually how we've got on on the road. It's it's masked by how great your home form is. The home form is so, so good. Like it's stupidly good how how amazing the home form is, and that covers, you know, uh, how mediocre really the the away form is. There've been good moments away from home. Mansfield, great draw there. Barrow, you say, is a solid draw. You know, I know they only had that one chance, but it's a solid point really. Then you have other ones. Bradford, yeah, Bradford, Notts County. You know, Notts County, great 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 win. Bradford was a struggle. I think that was really disappointing. But look, it, we're we're second in the table, and. Mansfield on a bit of a wobble. They've gone and signed a new striker. Um, they want to get over the line. We're in a good spot, you know, but away from Am home. Am I right? I'm thinking well, we've got three away Tuesday night games in a row. That's it. Sutton, MK, Dons and Forest, Forest Green. Green. Right. It's a lot of travel. It's a lot of travel for people. You and I are going to be there at MK, Stadium MK. Yeah. Are we flying down as well with the team for that one or not? Uh, I don't know if they ran a competition for that one. And also I was thinking you best believe that if we won that competition to get on the Sutton flight, I'm pretty sure there might Have be... Have you entered? I didn't actually even enter because I thought, you know what, if I do, I feel like there might be a little quick respin there. If my, if my name comes <laughs> out, I feel like I feel like I wouldn't be able to go under the radar there. So if anyone does win... Well, my mum's entered the competition as well. So if she wins, then maybe she'll have to vlog it for us. I'm not sure gonna, she'll know how to do that I was or gonna say, know so what a vlog is. If someone but... wins and they fancy having one of us as a plus one, I'm sure I'd love to see the faces on the staff and everyone if uh, one of us pops up. But uh, it's a lot of travel and, you know, they're... Tough get that that MK Dons game is a tough game. They are still for me in the mix for automatics. They are a good team under Mike Williamson. He's There's a, a lot coach. of teams at the moment on the Nath that look like they could make hey. that late surge. I mean, Tranmere are a team for me who I know they're quite lo- low in the table still, but that is a shout. I think I think last ten games they've got the best form in the National League. I think they had the best certainly until three weeks ago or so. They had the best record in the National League since Nigel Adkins has been appointed manager. They've done well. Um, it's a good appointment, that. In, uh, it's a good appointment. Harrogate are the second informed team over the last right. 10 games. That was so annoying. 20 how points. We, that was so annoying, that away game, how we threw that away because we're 2-0 up and cruising. Um, we'll be fine. I, I think, look, if we lose at Salford, and this will be outdated quickly because this is out on the Friday, but if we lose there, I'd be much more concerned than the loss against Blackburn. Blackburn, it wasn't a free hit because you end up getting eliminated out of the competition. But we were, to a degree, playing with house money. And, you know, the house won, basically. We didn't get our money back. Um, and that's okay. We got beat by a much superior team. But at Salford, you know, Matt Smith aside, we should be beating Salford. We've gone and, gone up, we've gone and got one of their better players. You know, they've basically got Elliot Watt and Matt Smith left in that group. We've got to go there and win. We need a response. Cannot go three games without a win. That's when... Rex from Twitter will start to get a little bit feisty. Yeah, that's that's when meltdowns start to happen. So get back on the straight and narrow and you've got winnable games on Tuesday night now. So on on the Tuesdays to come. So a lot of away games. We cannot be travel sick now for much, much longer because this month, the month of February is more of an away month than it is a home month. So yeah, big, big run in the air and on the road. 
and we will see what happens then. Nath, what is your prediction for this weekend then? Do you think we win? I think we do. I I, I watched Salford a long, long time ago under Neil, Neil Wood um, when Notts County played there. So a lot has changed since then. That was Neil Wood and Luke Williams. Salford weren't all that for me. Um, it's an interesting ground. It, okay, away end. Not a lot around. But I think we'll edge it. I don't think we'll be blown away. I think a debut goal if he's available for Jack Marriott. So I'm going to go Wrexham 2, Salford 1. Yeah, I reckon we either win by one or we draw this weekend. Not to be too pessimistic, I just think it's that sort of ground where you can't really get an atmosphere because of the away end. Matt Smith is a type of player who will just score a goal against us and it's Wrexham away from home. I want to be proven differently. I want to see something different from Wrexham as well. I want these new ideas I called for on Monday night. I want this pace. I want to see us go away from home and absolutely blitz a team. And whatever happens, we'll be back next week to reflect upon all that. Thank you for your continued support. Thank you again, Nate, for being on the podcast. 10 to 9 on deadline day. We've got basically two hours to go. I'm going to say, I'm going to put my neck on the line now that it that we are two and out, Rich. I, I, as from what I gather at 10 to 9, and God, this would be very, very fun if I'm, if I'm wrong and we've got a big club record signing. I think the price isn't right and we've walked away. So let's see. Big game at Salford. I'm moving house as well. Um, so I'm on the move. Be much closer to you, Rich, unfortunately for you. And yeah, let's hope. Bolton, Masterclass, Jack Marriott debut goal. And we'll all be smiling, won't we? Up the town and uh, yeah, onwards. What could possibly go wrong? Massive thank you to Red 10 People Development for their continued support of the podcast. You can read all about them on our website, robryanred.com, where you can also get in touch with ourselves. We will read some of your emails next week. Massive thank you to Rex and Bass Band Hypnotic for letting us use your music, the stings inside our show. Take care, and we'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.